I wanted uh, for you all to have a chance to hear uh, kind of the heart of the people who are up here leading and have been leading for the last several years. Um, do you appreciate when Jamie and, and Mel lead? Do you appreciate that? Been, it's been great for me working with them. And so I'll start with Jamie. Uh, we have a rule, Jamie, you cannot cry. Okay? Yes. There's no crying in this section. No crying. Okay. Right. Okay. Yes. Um, in, the first, in the first service, I preached about how important our emotions are. Now I'm telling her to turn them off. Um, <laughs> so something happened this summer. We went to a conference, several of us from the worship team. And I just want you to talk a little bit about the change that you've sensed uh, in your own life and in in musical worship since then. Okay. So, um, well, I've been going here for, let me just preface it a little bit. I've been okay. going here for about 12 years with my husband, and um, shortly after that, um, started to join the team, and shortly after that, became a member. I don't know exact dates. I can't remember that stuff. But um, somewhere around there, 10 years, maybe 9 years, um, started leading worship, and um, so this past, um, what was it, August, we went to a worship conference, and it was on worship, but it was also on musical worship and leading worship. And um, I just had a question um, for a long time. I, I've known God my whole life, and I have understood most of who God is. And, you know, I've read God's Word, and I have um, felt His love, and I have um, done Bible studies and have, have dove into all of his word, and I really believe his word. But the one question I have had for many years um, is, I've always wanted to worship God, but what does it really mean to worship God? So I've always wanted in my heart, I've always had this longing to worship him, but I didn't really understand what that meant. So at this conference in the summer, um, a lot of that went on, and I just saw, I just saw people really um, worshiping God and, and understanding his goodness in their lives and understanding what it really meant for us to lift him up and honor him and praise him and to show his worth. And it was a revelation and it was an eye-opening experience. Um, and it's not that I haven't worshipped him before. There's all aspects of my life I believe I have worshipped God. But um, it was really eye-opening this summer. So, um, so you were, just earlier as we were leading, you were kind of jumping up and down. And it appeared as though you were having fun. So can you kind of tie that together, kind of like what you learned this summer with why you're expressing yourself this way in worship? Yeah, it's just, um, it's exciting. It's exciting and an honor to be able to just sing his praises. It's an honor to be able to lead worship. Um, it's an honor to be able to sing his praises and more so an honor to be able to lead you in worship with me, that we can do this together. And I'm just so incredibly grateful to God for um, allowing me to do this. And um, he has really opened my heart and shown me his fullness and his presence, and I've really felt his presence in my life, and um, I want more of that, because when I have felt his presence, it's like I don't want it to ever leave, and when you get filled up with his presence, it's like 
you just can't get enough, and you want more, and you want more, and you just can't get enough. And so I'm jumping for joy. Yeah, you know, it's kind of funny because you're looking at Jamie, and Jamie's got, she's like beaming, you know. You know I don't know if, <laughs> if it's the lights or it's what. It's sweat. I'm sweating. But, but there's Bible for that. It's Bible for that, and we call that, the Bible says that in his presence, there's the fullness of joy. So if ever you have a low moment, get in his presence because there's full joy. It's complete joy. And so the excitement flows from God. So, hey, you're, you're with me. You know what I'm saying? And when you're with me, man, there's joy there. Yeah. And I am thinking about how not perfect I am and how far I have to go. And I just know, you can ask my husband, he's sitting up there, how not perfect I am <laughs> and what a sinner I am. And it doesn't mean that I cannot worship Jesus and worship our God and worship fully with all of my heart and all of my soul and all of my mind and strength. And David was a sinner, and David worshiped God in his fullness. And um, I know I have a long way to go, honey. (laughs) That's awesome. Thank you, Jamie. Uh, Mel. So, ooh, I don't know if this is weight-tested for someone of my girth. <laughs> I've almost fallen twice, so I will sit lightly. Um, you gotta, you gotta watch the girth, brother. Um, so, um, Mel, so when you were here just a moment ago, in that moment, and you were just like praising. What was that all about? What was all that? Because I know that's what some people are going like, what's all that that she's doing right there? So I'm just going to ask it because they want to ask you, what was that? Well, these guys both (laughs) touched on it, but it it starts in a place um, at home. It starts in a place at home. And when Jamie said, once you've tasted the presence of God, you cannot get enough. Mm -hmm. Amen. And that has been happening to me really my whole life. You know, it's like God gives you these little tastes. Because I think if he gave us the whole package right now, we'd probably fall dead. Do you know what I mean? So it's like he gives us these little sweet, precious tastes of his presence. And we want more. We hunger and thirst for more. And then what Norflet said, the power of worship in those hard times We've all had hard times. I've had some really hard times, as many of you know out there. And when you invite God into those times and you just worship him, you worship him for who he is, not for what he can do for you, but for his character and for who he is, all of a sudden, that stuff really doesn't seem so hard anymore. It's incredible. It's incredible. So try it. But that's what we get to do here together, right? We come in here with all sorts of stuff, and then something happens when we're here together, and it's so fun. We can't help but jump up and down and lift our hands and enjoy the feeling of his presence that we have together. It's awesome. You know, I'm going to ask you another question, but I I just had this thought. You know, we, we all have those times alone with God, and then we come together and we have this corporate worship. So all of you who've been worshiping individually this week, you've had those experiences with him, right? And some of you are learning to do that more and more. But when we're up here leading and we see you entering in and going for it, that's a lot of times why we don't want to stop the song, okay? It's because of the power of the aggregate worship in this room. 
And when you come to church and you've worshiped on your own throughout the week and you come here not only to receive but to give, it's what I call in one of those other points about power of worship. It's called worshiping through the wall because your worship can actually touch this entire city and the region. Amen. And that's what's beginning to happen. That's what's going to happen more and more. But as we all worship and we come to church more healed from our personal worship, we come and we bring our presence of God, as it, as it were, our relationship with God, and we bring it all together, and it's a powerful thing. So, so Mel, when, um, when you're worshiping and you start getting these phrases, like you, it was really cool because this was a lot different than last service. How, what is, what's happening in your mind when you're getting those phrases and you're singing, you're, you're worthy, like you do that. How you, I started doing do it, it in my verse. You're worthy. So what happens is, um, well, it started about a year and a half ago um, when just reading God's word, the scripture where Paul is talking about um, desire spiritual gifts, but especially that you would prophesy but especially that you would prophesy, earnestly desire to prophesy, he says. And I thought, wow, I have never thought about it that way before. So almost like you're, you're you know when you're so you thirsty, you just need a glass of water right now, and if you don't get one, you're going to like, I don't know, knock someone over or something? Have you ever been that thirsty before or that hungry? That's what Paul says about earnestly desiring these spiritual gifts, but especially that you would prophesy. And I thought, well... I want to do that. So God, give me this desire. I want to prophesy. I want to know, you know, what that means to bring in here to worship so that you can speak to your people. Amen. And so God started doing that, you know, just recently. And uh, sometimes when I'm up there, just like just now, you know, he was speaking some healing to some of you out there, right? And some peace and some presence and his power and his grace and his mercy. And sometimes he wants to pinpoint it and do something special for maybe one person out there or maybe a group of people um, who are coming in here. So just being sensitive to that, you know, we have to be listening and being sensitive to that and just see where the Holy Spirit wants to take us. So it's fun. Very cool. I'll teach you something real, real quick. When, when that begins to happen, when, when those words are being sung over us, Lord, healing, or put the, put the fragmented pieces together. That was so cool when you were doing that. All right, put the fragmented. How many of you would be honest enough to say, well, there are parts of my life that are fragmented, right? And so, so what you, what you, the, the proper response, if I say, Mel, you know what? I was just hanging out at the Apple store the other day, and I decided to buy you this phone. It's a new Apple 8SC. <laughs> They've always got them. They're, they got them backed up. You know they do, all right? This is the new 8SC, and it's yours. I paid for it, and it's yours. Let me tell you something. If she says, oh, don't worry about it, Kevin. I already know about the 9AC. <laughs> now, I've paid for this, and I can actually put it down there. But if she chooses to get up and walk away from that, she didn't receive what was actually hers. So just like with salvation, you have to receive the son, Right? Yet to those, John 12, something, John 1 12, yet to those who received him, he gave the right to become children of God. Children not born of natural descent or of a husband's will, but born of God. So he's, he hung on Calvary saying, Your sins are paid for, and we walk by Calvary all the time and never receive the gift that's ours. Wow. 
And so the same way with when in worship, those phrases begin to come. Our song is saying something and you're going, man, that's really touching me. Go, God, I receive that. Yes. I'll take that from my life right now. Yes. All right. And so that's that's being active in worship. And then what that'll do is that'll make us sing the song even longer. <laughs> OK. Norflet. What up? Pastor Shu. What's cracking like? Last name is Shoemate, right? Shoemate. So we can call you Pastor Shu. I want you to share just a little bit. I want you all to hear some of his heart and just uh, the power of a song. We were talking about that. I've gotten to know this guy over the last month and a half or so, and he's, he's really cool. And uh, you like him because I like him. All right. And uh, share a little bit of the power of the song and just some of the stuff you've been yeah. sharing with me. Well, you know, just, just really quickly, um, you know, when you, we talk about presence, you know, one of the things I just want to just bring some clarity to is that, you know, we've grown up at church and we say God's omniscient and he's all knowing and, you know. Uh, and he's omnipotent, he's, you know, all-powerful. And then we talk about that uh, God is everywhere at the same time. He's omnipresent, right? And so when we talk about, well, we really sense God's presence. Well, isn't God already omnipresent? Well, I think there's a moment where, you know, there's, there's moments that God concentrates himself in a place. It's a little bit different. And I think, you know, when he, maybe even more appropriately when we think about the song, Let Us Become more aware of your presence, Lord. Let us experience the glory of your goodness. If everybody can just take a hand, just take your hand up. Um, and I want you to swing it like, don't hit nobody. Don't slap your wife trying to like, yeah, because last night, psh, no. I'll just, just slowly slide it and see that, you know what? When you do that, you start to feel something that you don't think about. You start to feel some air, don't you? Yeah, you're not thinking about air, right? But when you do that, you come more aware of it. Oh, Does that make sense? That's great. Right? And so think that way when you think about worship and the presence of the Lord. Uh, but one of the things I wanted to talk about was really the power of a song. Uh, because I think sometimes we think that we've been uh, discrimi discriminated against if we can't hold a note. If you can't hold a well, I can't sing, so, you know, whatever. Uh, but I grew up in a singing house. My grandmother was a singer, and she would worship as she was cooking dinner. I, I think when we say she put her foot in it, she was singing over her, her meal, right? My mom can't sing a lick. She's not out there. My mom can't sing a lick, but she always had a song. I mean, I can remember, you know, it'd be the wee hours of the night. I could hear my mother praying, and I can hear my mother worshiping. You can't sing a lick. In fact, two of the most uh, instrumental men in, in my life as, worshiper, as, a, as worshipers and worship leaders are two men that can't sing at all. I think Bob, Bob Coughlin said it like this. He said, it's not that you can sing, but do you have a song? I'm not talking about my jam. Oh, my God, that's my jam. I'm, on my, I'm not talking about that kind of song. I'm talking about the song that, you know, maybe God gives you in the night, in the hard time, in the difficult situation. You know, I have uh, one of my nieces, I think she's uh, Olivia, she's two. And whenever my brother goes to discipline her, she starts singing a song. She either sings Happy Birthday, or she sings, Fill me up, Lord, fill me up, God. Fill. She just breaks out in that song, Fill me up, God. Fill. Because she has a song, right, to get her through maybe <laughs> that moment, maybe you, that hardship. 
You know, there are two twin scriptures that I think about. The Bible says, and I think it's uh, Colossians 3.16, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. Spiritual songs is one of the things that Mel does when she's kind of that prophetic thing. It's a spiritual song. It's not something that was rehearsed. It just kind of was a download from heaven. Anybody love downloads from heaven? It's a download from heaven. You know, hymns might be something, maybe a chorus that was written or a psalm that you're actually singing the scripture, right? But then the, the twin of that verse is Philippians. Philippians, I'm not Philippians, Ephesians chapter uh, 5, verse 18. Yeah, I think it's 5, 18 and 19. It says, uh, be not drunk with wine, but be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, making melody in your heart to the Lord. Now, notice that Paul didn't say you need to make melody with your lips or your tongue. Why? Because he knew that we would have the tendency to say, well, I can't sing, so I shouldn't sing. No, he says to make melody in your heart, yeah. right? Because there's two things that, you know, singing is an outflow of a spirit-filled life. And when you become a Christian, you become a singer. In fact, Zephaniah chapter 3 says that, that God even sings over us. God's a singer. Yes. That's good stuff, y'all. All right? But secondly, Colossians 3 means that, you know what, singing is teaching ministry. You know, uh, music has the power to indoctrinate you without your permission. You don't even realize it. You know, most of us, I'm, I'm a little slower than you guys. I have to write stuff out sometimes to memorize it. But most of you hear a song once, you got the chorus or the hook. The second or third time, you got the verses in the bridge. It just is automatic. And so God knew the power in that. And so the biggest book in the Bible is a song book. Yes. Right? Because God wants to educate us. Right? Uh, the largest book in the Bible or the uh, chapter in the Bible is a song because God understands that there's power and there's education there, right? right. And so don't minimize these moments when you're in and you're worshiping because I bet you you don't go home and preach sermons, but you might go home and sing a song, right? And so while, you know what, you, you had a rough day, you might just break out, let us experience, you know, the glory of your goodness. Yeah. There's power there. Yeah. Hey Amen. And the next week you show up and we all sing it again. Oh, there's power there. Yeah. Hey Amen. We're going to do one more song. Yeah. Kevin, can you lead us? Yeah.